Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on episode 331 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, the Volvo XC60, Daihatsu Forge's crash test results, the Volvo ES90 coming soon, Max Verstappen, too young to rent a car, VinFast gets a U.S. regular dealer. Uh, California AVs can't get tickets. The last V8 Dodge Challenger and the VW ID GTI is coming, but maybe not to America. All that and more coming up next. This is episode 331 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abul Samad from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeman from the Rover Reflective Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from SAE International. And this is the last day of 2023 as we record. It's, it's New Year's Eve morning. It is, it is December 31st. And uh, next time we talk to you, it'll be a different year, a different arbitrary time on the calendar. Yes. Yeah. So see you next year at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future. Yeah. What a goofy band that was. And, <laughs> have, 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 you noticed, have you noticed as you get older that it seems to slip faster and faster every year? <laughs> yes. It's, it's, yes. It does slip a lot faster because you have so much more quickly. in your brain. When you're a little kid, like every moment is like the first time you've done everything. Yeah. And now it's so like your summer vacations seem forever because it's only like the third summer you've ever had or the seventh summer you've ever had. It did seem really long as a kid. Now when you're, you know, in your 40s, it's like this is the 40th summer. So I was like, "Eh." (laughs) July again, whatever, (laughs) whatever, whatever. Oh, now it's September already. I don't know what happened with August. It was there. I'm sure it was. People talked about it. Yeah, I heard there was an August. (laughs) Apparently it happened. You know, it slipped right by me. Yeah, your um, brain is yeah. Uh, well, anyway, death, death, anyway, enough talk yeah. about getting old. Mortality. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all going to get there eventually. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> no, we're all. Everyone thinks they're going to be the one to live forever. Yeah. No, I don't even want. I don't even want to live forever. How about if forever. you could live for like five hundred years? No. But well, they don't have, my, wait, wait, hold on. My but, in 500 okay. years. You like, can live I, 500 years. Oh, no, you're, you're not going to be 500 years old. You're going to be like, like you're I don't want to be like, like the old, like the old um, knight in Indiana Jones who's just like no, this no, 500 no, no. year old creepy guy. I want to be like. No, you're not going to be like a 500 year old person. You're going to be like, let's say 40 for 500 years or, and it's 500 years in a row, or you can live 300 years, but you could take 100 year breaks, 200 year breaks. So you live five hundred, but so you, you're only you're only awake no, for five hundred in a stretch. I just want to so you live for a hundred. Watch take, time change. You you live for a hundred. Pause for a hundred. Live for another hundred. Pause for yeah. Another like you get like a nice little nap. No, but then you come back and you be like, whoa, and I don't understand anything. You be like the old person who can't use. You their be smartphone. Encino man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
then we might not have anything to drive in 500 years. But if you wake yeah. up in 500 years and there's nothing. Or yeah. That's true. Years. It's like a Twilight Shoot. Zone episode. I should have taken that extra 100 years. Yeah, you could have stopped. Maybe you could have stopped something. It'd be, it'd be right. like the Whoops. one with uh, was it Burgess Meredith. And oh, with the glasses. The glasses. Yeah. Oh. And he lo- he loves all... to read. Uh, I just feel like anyway. Burgess, could he could have gone and found some other glasses somewhere else. <laughs> You would think there would be some around that, you know, Another, could, I mean, they didn't have lens crafters back then, but they had something. <laughs> they yeah. could have found a magnifying glass or something. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, classic, classic Twilight Zone, everybody. Uh, okay, Nicole, what have you been driving? Oh, the same car I was driving last week. I have the Honda Accord hybrid I've just discovered for three weeks now total. I have it. So I'm like, well, that's a loan and a half. So um, I don't have a new press car, but I can talk about the car that I had. Um, I, I paid to rent while I was in Europe. I rented a Volvo XC60, um, which was what I tooled around with uh, for about a week or so while I was in Europe. Um, packed it full of luggage for us to be there for three weeks. And I drove it for about a week because part of the time we were on a boat and part of the time we were just in cities, but I had it for the first week and I arrived and when I landed, it was snowing like nobody's business in Zurich. I mean, like crazy snow, like things have shut down. The world is coming to an end and it takes a lot to do that there. Like it wasn't like it was a flurry. It was snowing and we had an hour and 45 minute drive to where we were going that first day. And when we planned that, we were landing much earlier because there wasn't a snowstorm and then there was a snowstorm and everything got delayed and we landed very much later. So I immediately had to hop into this little Volvo XC60 rental car in the dark, jet lagged and drive into even more mountainy areas of uh, Switzerland. And you know what? It was freaking amazing. Like it was Switzerland is so beautiful. Well, it was beautiful, but I mean, the drive, like the roads are covered with snow, like it's snowy. I got to give them credit, man. The people are like, okay, we should all slow down slightly and give ourselves space. I'm like, this is the most brilliant winter driving what, I've ever what are, done. What are they thinking? In my uh, entire life. No one's going Swiss. by at 95 miles an hour. They're all like, oh, you've all slowed down <laughs> and a pickup, appropriately. And a pickup truck with like no weight in the back. You're like, Wait, oh my God. Like, that and summer tires. <laughs> and summer, and summer tires. tires. Or bald, bald summer tires. They were all, so, it was the most organized winter driving I've ever witnessed. I'm like, I didn't just land in Zurich. Apparently I've landed an alternate like universe where when it snows, everyone just slows down and everyone does the correct thing. They actually do what they told you to do in driver's ed when you were 16. So it was like one of the easy stories, but the roads were crummy. Like there were plows in front of us a couple of times. Cause you know, cause, and it's still, you've got that like hard, it's almost like it's, it's wet enough that it's become that sort of packed ice that's stuck to Mm -hmm. the road until you actually get some sun to melt through it a little bit. Uh, So it was genuinely really snowy and crummy. And I thought, it's kind of a good test of a car. Like we, we've all done snow driving adventures for various automakers here, there, and everywhere. Or just daily but, life for, for you daily and I. life. But when you do generally, you're like, if you're driving in your own car, you know, your own car. If you had a press car sit in your driveway for a day or two, you had a little time to get used to it, but to get thrown into a car that you don't even like, it's literally nighttime. You don't know what's going on. You know, where anything is. You have a, you have you have a little jet stuff. lag. You, you have get a little the jet, jet lag. lag and you're like, oh gosh, here we go. And to have it be absolutely not stressful, seamless, handled beautifully, thought this is a fabulous little car in the snow. So that's what I was thinking. I'm like, this is actually really good. Like, and it's not like we were talking about this before the show. It's not like the world's most exciting vehicle. Like, I don't like we're, we're going to talk later about Max Verstappen. I don't think he'd be super thrilled with this. It's not a Max Verstappen. <laughs> but if he was driving, <laughs> if he was driving into the mountains in Switzerland in the wintertime, he might. He might, he might well. Yeah, he might like, say it's it was the right car, right? 
But um, but it was solid. Like I thought, God, this is a great car, and it was also just right. So when we got there. Um, you know, you get to the rental thing and you don't know exactly like, you know, like we're getting a comparable to whatever, a midsize SUV, whatever they, you know, you don't know exactly what's going to arrive for you when you get there. And they said, oh, we can upgrade you. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty okay with this Volvo. And they said it was just a larger one. It was the, what's that one up? XC90. XC90. Thank you. They offered us an XC90 to which my husband's eyes were like, Ooh, we'll get a fancier one. I'm like, no, we'll get a bigger one. And this is Europe. No, thank you. Like, yeah, don't yeah. Want, you don't need a bigger, right? Need, because no. bigger, depending on where you're driving is a nightmare. And I think, no, it, it feels like the just right size. It's not too small. So that it won't fit all of our luggage comfortably in the back. And you've got something wedged in the back seat. It's yeah. not too big. So you're actually wedging the vehicle into a street. It's the just right size. It has enough room for your stuff. It's comfortable. It still feels roomy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just the two of you, right? You didn't have just, you didn't have your girls with you, right? No, it was just me and my husband. But we were like I said, we were there for three weeks and Russ had to do a little bit of um in the very beginning, there was some work stuff he had to do. So in terms of packing, he packed very heavy because he had his on vacation and cold, snowy climbs. And I also have to go to the office. So he had to have stuff that he would not normally bring uh, yeah. on a vacation, like nice dress shoes and like, the, you know, so he had more luggage than normal for what we would carry. Um, so we had a lot of stuff. So it, and it fit, right? like it fit, everything fit in the back. Like we've had smaller cars in Europe sometimes. And if you have a big piece of luggage, really, they won't fit into a slightly smaller crossover sometimes. Like if you have two large mm -hmm. suitcases, this had the two big suitcases and two carry-on suitcases and like a backpack and a tote bag wedged in the back. And the little cover thing still covered them. <laughs> like, oh, that's real. nice. And I was like, this is absolutely perfect. So <clears throat> it's kind of fun. Like I thought I don't often rent a car. Normally we're getting a car, even if it's I'm going someplace in the U.S. I'm normally having somebody supply a car and I drive it around wherever I am for the few days to experience that car and something different. Um, so I never, you know, it's not often that I actually rent a car. And I thought, gosh, this is a rental car and I actually like it. Also, these heated seats in that sucker, they got warm in like 2.3 seconds. Most brilliant heated well, seats. I mean, this is a car that was designed in Sweden where, yes. you know, having, no, they got having some good snow. seat heaters is, is important. Right. So I was like, this is this is brilliant so it was it was wonderful it was a really nice car to drive i enjoyed it i thought it was just gonna be like i had in my head like Ugh, when am i gonna drive for a few days but it was really fun it was it was perfect for the snow and it was easy to drive around those little narrow streets and we had a couple of sort of twisty turny roads that we took on some of our adventuring we tried to find a castle okay so here's the thing so the castle <laughs> looks like it's there right like we're on were, a were you wait, were, were, you, were you trying to find a specific castle or just just any the just castle. driving around to see if there was a castle well, if you just see in a general. castle, we were like, that castle A lot castle of cast shows cool. in Austria. You got to yeah. go up to Austria. So we wanted, to, but we wanted, we saw this castle and we wanted to go, like, it looked really cool from the side of the road and had flags. So obviously it's like a castle you can visit. Like, it doesn't look like it's a castle in disrepair. Like, yeah. it looks like, the, right? And then we see signs, you know, visit the whatever castle. We're like, let's go visit the whatever castle. So we get off the highway and it's this giant castle. You guys, it's a castle. It is huge. You can see it halfway down. You're like, in the distance, castle. It's gigantic. We get off the highway. We turn right. We're falling for the castle. It's like, castle this way. All of a sudden, we're, we cannot find our way to the actual castle. I oh, swear we no. drove around this little tiny town for like 20 minutes. Like, we have taken every road and a few that we weren't supposed to because we're in a junkyard now. So we need to get back <laughs> on the road. And we have yet to – we never made it to the castle. We have pictures looking that's at the That's to keep the, the marauders from – that's a, that's a pretty good – It was thing. a well-designed castle because yeah, we were even they, trying to maraud. And we could not we still find our way. Find it. 
Yeah, but we did find a really great bakery that had um, that that bread. You were, we were talking about pastry too that you have in Europe that has that really dark, dark bread that like weighs. It feels like a brick. It's super heavy and it's cut in pieces that are like a centimeter thick, like really, really thin because mm-hmm. it's such a heavy dark bread. And yeah. it was warm. I did not cut it. I just ripped off hunks of it and ate it in the car mm-hmm. the rest of the way. <laughs> So castle failure, driving the twisty roads, fabulous. And I got a piece, a big loaf of bread. You got a nice loaf of bread that you just I got a nice loaf of random bread warm from a bakery at the base of the castle no one can get to. Uh, Out of curiosity, did the the rental agency have snow tires on the Volvo or? Um, You know what was funny? I didn't even think to check again with the jet lag. I sort of assumed there were probably snow tires. I'm betting there must have been. But they did have the socks that we talked about. Oh, in in the car? They had no, they weren't in the car. I'm thinking they were add-ons because it okay. was like they were in like little bags, like mm-hmm. like look like you bought them at the store kind of bags. They were like sort of stacked up behind the rental counter. Like there were like five oh, or six packs, like, like they were behind. So there. for an extra five bucks a day, you can rent these right? for so five I'm euros sure you, a day. Right. So I'm sure there was some deal that you could and Swiss I remember Franks. looking at them and I'm like, oh, do we need that? And I'm like, well, we're not like really scaling a mountain mountain I'm, yeah I'm you're driving. Fine. i feel like i'm good so we didn't get it but yeah they were set out there the way you see like you know you pay an extra you know you get a gps for extra you used to in the old days or you pay extra to have a car seat in your car or whatever add-ons so yeah i think it was an extra if you wanted to purchase it which was well timed because like i said it was snowing to beat the band when i landed so nice yeah <clears throat> so it was fun i enjoyed my little rental volvo xc60 it's a fun little car highly recommend all right and um, this one was one. Th- there was one thing that was different about this one, right, when compared to the ones that they sell here in the U.S. Oh yes, also it was a diesel, yeah. um, which you can't even get. We have the gas and the PHEV, I think, in the yeah. U.S. is all we have. But they actually it was a diesel, um, so which you you know we don't do that here. Uh, so yeah, so it was a little diesel car, and we paid roughly I think when I converted about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars a gallon for diesel fuel when we were in Europe. Um, it was expensive, but also it was one of those, like, (laughs) this was funny at the rental agency because clearly we're American, you know, we hand over our passports and everything and we are the Americans renting the diesel car. I think she must've said to us 10 times, this is a diesel. Like, okay, this is a diesel. I'm like, I got you. She's like, and also I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's diesel. I won't put regular petrol <laughs> into the car i will put diesel fuel into the car so i can't even imagine how many because she said it repeatedly like pointed to it on the form reminded us confirmed with us truly must have said it at least a half a dozen times I'm, during the rental process. i'm sure there's been been an american or two that have gone that have written you know called called the agency you know from you know they're out somewhere stuck car yep. car died because mm-hmm. we put gasoline in this car we told you it's a diesel. It's a diesel, right? So I felt her pain, but I was like, wow, we must be really bad about doing that because there were a lot of reminders. <laughs> I was renting a car in Germany, um, and I I specifically asked for a manual transmission. Yeah. And they, they, they were really trying to give me an automatic. I'm like, no, I, I want a manual transmission. like, are you sure? <laughs> were they worried like, you would like, destroy like, it? Were they yeah, they're like, Americans don't know how to do drive you, manual transmission. Do, do you know what to do with that third pedal? Yeah, yeah it was right. very much. There's three pedals. Oh gosh, we don't we don't have a very good. Uh, yeah, our rep and the uh, the rest of the world. For yeah, yeah, we, we can only drive gas powered automatic cars, according to people in Europe, because we've destroyed. Yeah. Apparently, we've destroyed enough. They don't trust us anymore. Manual transmissions. 
Yeah. Yeah. The rental agencies. Oh God, it's an American. Do we have a gas powered oh, no. car with an automatic transmission, oh, please? No. <laughs> I almost got a job based out of Zurich once. Did you? What kind yeah, of job? Ha- I'm, I'm not allowed to say. Um, oh, oh goodness. Yeah, but I would have worked there like three months a year, and that would. Have, oh, that it's nice, but man, cool. Switzerland's crazy expensive. Yeah. Oh, and it was have, very expensive. It was, and they use Swiss francs instead of euros. It's, it's well, they're big, they're not they're not part of the European Union. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're just, not part of. They're the like EU. they're like England. They're so yeah. little animal. I, we so they've always a, been. Yeah. yeah. We got stuck in a parking garage many years ago in Switzerland because we didn't we knew it wasn't part of the eu but didn't think about him not being a part of the oh no (laughs) which meant that we had our credit card in euro in euros in our hand and the machine would not take credit cards the credit card on the parking garage machine was broken so you had to put in swiss francs we had not a franc to us and the place we had happened to walk in and like the country had shut down the moment that we decided to drive over the border there and literally we had some woman that took pity on us she came out and we're like look could we possibly just give you euros for some francs? Like we'll trade you. And I have no idea what they, she's like, well, sure. How much like, and it was, we've been there for all of an hour. It was even like a cheap parking rate. We're like, which was probably like 25 Swiss francs, which is 25 bucks. We had like the handful of euros. We're like, take whatever you think is a fair exchange. We're just like holding it in our hands. Too much. We're like, we don't care. You're getting us out of the parking garage. Just put some francs in the machine. You're saving our lives. Yeah. So yeah. Otherwise, we'll be forgot. trapped here for the next forty-eight hours. Exactly, yeah. we will never get out of this parking garage. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, and you still didn't have anything to drive this week, right? I'm Robbie? driving the BMW X7 right now. I just got oh, okay. it on Friday, so I will have something Ooh. for next week. I, I've I've loaded up, except for you know when I'm gone for CES. Boo! I've loaded up on vehicles. So, okay. Until like May? No, until March. Wow. Oh, excellent. So I was, yeah, I think the last one I'll have is beginning of March. Okay. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All righty. Well, um, I followed up last week's Tenali with another Alfa Romeo uh, utility vehicle. Uh, this time, the Stelvio Veloce. Um, I literally looked at that and I'm like, "Did he put the wrong car?" And I'm like, "Oh wait, no, that's Stelvio this time." <laughs> yeah. So this is this is one size class up from the Tenali, and it's it's actually it's roughly about the same size as that XC60, similar size to the XC60. 
and it's built on the same platform as the wonderful Julia. Um, previously, I've, I've I've driven the um, the the Stelvio before in quadrifolio form, which was interesting because uh, when I had it, I had to drive down to near Columbus for an event at Honda R and D, and that uh, time I was you know the the Stelvio quadrifolio is not particularly fuel efficient. Um, no, you know, it's got 500 horsepower um, and a, an absolutely amazing twin turbo V6. Um, but as I was driving through central Ohio, you know, I needed to get some gas and, you know, there's nothing but like small towns in this area. And, the, you know, obviously, you know, with a, a high output twin turbo V6, you know, it's going to be designed to run on premium fuel. Uh, and so that time, you know, I went, stopped at like three different gas stations. None of them had anything but regular. There wasn't those gas what? stations in central Ohio oh, that had premium gas. What's going on in Ohio? Kind of bonkers. Um, you know, so I ended up putting basically just enough regular gas in there to get me to Columbus. Um, and then filled it up with, uh, with premium when I got there. Did you get tried- some, did, did you get some of that, uh, octane booster, throw it in no. there, give it a little That's extra? Right. No, I, I, I didn't. Um, you know, I, I figured they probably wouldn't have any of that either. Um, but, uh, you know, this time I just had the um, the standard engine in the Stelvio, which is the uh, two liter turbo uh, four cylinder. It's Stellantis's. It was originally designed under Fiat Chrysler, um, you know, but it's it's the Stellantis global medium architecture. I think it's basically it's a similar architecture uh, it shares a lot with uh, the new Hurricane inline six, same bore spacing, uh, cylinder sizes, and everything. Uh, so it's it's based on on that. Um, and you know this engine is in all kinds of Stellantis Jeeps and um, and Dodge and and other vehicles now. Uh, in in total, uh, let's see, it puts out uh, two hundred and uh, two hundred and eighty horsepower in the Stelvio. Uh, and 306 foot pounds of torque, you know, so like most modern turbocharged four cylinder engines, it's got lots of low end torque, um, you know, good power. Uh, it's a very responsive engine. Uh, and it's actually quite fun to drive. You, you know, it's no quadrifolio, but you can have a good time with this thing in the, uh, in the Stelvio. <laughs> um, and the Stelvio only comes with all wheel drive. There's no rear wheel drive version of the Stelvio. So unlike the Julia, you know, if you want rear wheel drive, you have to get the Julia sedan, which frankly, myself, I would probably go for that anyway. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you, so you get a little bit of extra ground clearance with the, with the Stelvio. Uh, it's a, it's a little more practical in terms of cargo space and everything, you know, cause you, uh, you have the option to fold down the seat and, you know, you've got hatchback and so you can put, if you need to put some bigger stuff in there, you got lots of room in there for everything. Um, so, Oh wait a minute! Actually, there is uh, a re- sorry, I was mistaken. There is a rear-wheel drive version of the Stelvio. The base Stelvio is, is available with oh. rear drive. Yeah, I don't think that was always the case. I, I think it it used to be just all-wheel drive only, but um, but you can get it with uh, with rear-wheel drive. But the one I had was all-wheel drive. Um, the Stelvio, um, you know, being a size class up and you know, kind of a performance class up from the from the Tenali. Um, starts at about $46,000 in the U S for the, for the sprint. Um, the, uh, the, the one that I had, uh, the Veloce, uh, is, um, not, is like the third 
rest for the third step up the ladder. You know, there's also the competizione. Uh, so it's $53,000. And then the, the quadrifolios are, you know, they start at $88,000. So they're a lot more expensive. But the, um, you know, I, I've always, I've, I've always really liked driving these modern alphas, the, both the Julia and the Stelvio. Um, they have, you know, very similar driving characteristics. Um, they're, you know, they're surprisingly tossable for, you know, what is a, an SUV. Um, there's good, uh, uh, you know, good amount of room in there. It, it feels quite premium inside. Um, it still has uh, the older infotainment system, so it doesn't have the latest uh, Stellantis Uconnect 5 system in there because, you know, the Stelvio has been around since, I think, 2017 or 18, um, you know, and it launched with, with an older infotainment system in there, and it's reaching the end of its current life cycle. Um, it's eventually, in the next couple of years, going to be replaced by an EV, um, but, uh, you know, the, the infotainment system works fine. It's not, it's not as good as, as the, uh, you connect five, but it, it works well enough, you know, like the, the Tenali and the, and the Julia, the Stelvios also have that, uh, stop, start button on the steering wheel in the, the lower left-hand quadrant, uh, looks cool. which is, uh, yeah, it's a little, takes a little getting used to when, you know, when you're used to reaching around with your right hand, you know, on the dashboard somewhere to, to start the car. You know, remembering to use your left hand, you know, on the on the on the steering wheel. But I feel uh, like though, Sam, it's not as bad as cars that actually still have a key. That's I, true. I get in the car and I toss the like key fob first, into the cup holder. I'm like, yeah. I need that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like the Ford Maverick, for example. That's exactly. Like, oh, I gotta go to put the key in the ignition. This is weird. Yeah. Um, but or or even you know leaving it in your pocket or purse. You know, not even not even bothering to take right? it out. Yeah, I I can't imagine, you know, like my wife, you know, her car keys have been in her purse, you know, for <laughs> six years now, you know. Buried in the bottom the, one the, with the bag. The, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the only time she takes them out, you know, is if she's changing purses, you know, mm -hmm. she gets, gets a new purse. Other than that, it never comes out of her purse. Right. Um, And then, you know, we've got the, the spare that's, that's hanging, you know, in, uh, inside the house here. You know, if one of us needs to go out and get, get in the garage to get something. But so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the Stelvio. I like the size of it, um, you know, and that's past summer when, or in June, I think. Yeah, June when I was out in L.A. for something for a couple of days and I had the uh, Maserati Gracali. Uh, the Gracali is based on the same platform as well. It's actually slightly longer than the Stelvio. It's a slightly longer wheelbase, slightly longer body. But, you know, it's it's similar. But the, the Stelvio, you know, the, the Gracali feel at least in the, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have the Trofeo. It was, I forget what the exact trim level was, but it was the mid-level trim uh, that I had on the Gracali. And that one feels um, a little more luxury oriented. Um, you know, it's a little bit softer. Um, you know, there's a little more body roll when you're going around corners. The the Stelvio, you know, Alfa Romeos in general are meant to be, you know, have, you know, the Italian luxury, but really to be have a more sporty feel to them and you know the stelvio definitely lives up to that it feels sportier uh and it's it was a lot of fun to drive it see i um over the course of a week um i averaged 22 miles per gallon with it it's rated at 24 combined 22 city 28 highway uh 24 combined yeah i got a little bit less than that uh but you know i was also 
taking advantage of the fact that it's kind of fun to drive. Uh, that's yeah. what happens when you have the fun cars is you you, you kind of blow the the whole yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> fuel mileage and I go well yeah, whoopsie yeah whatever fuel uh, schmuel I had and I think I said this before our our uh, former esteemed co-host Rebecca Lindlin has a Stelvio mm-hmm. and uh, I drove that across the U.S. with her when she relocated from Connecticut to California. And we, she needed someone to drive with her, and I drove with her and her cat Lucy. Um, and oh, kitty cat, kitty cat. And you know what? That was it. Was really that was a long drive. And a yes, it held up the whole time. It never broke down. Um, and b really enjoyable drive. I mean, that's a lot of hours behind the wheel and a lot of hours just sitting in the passenger seat. Really loved it. She, I don't remember which room she has. She does not have the fancy pantsist version of it. Um, but still, I think she had the Ti. I feel like it was the TI, but yeah. really enjoy driving like a comfortable car, fun to drive, handled well. The seats are really good. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of miles to be sitting in those seats. And like you had the certain, you know, amount of like, I would just like to get out and walk for a few minutes, but it was never, oh, these seats are wearing on me. And that was a lot of hours in that car. And I came away thinking, I really enjoyed this, truly enjoyed driving it and super, super comfy. It was fun. Yeah. And the the one I had was in uh, the Misano Blue Metallic paint mm-hmm. which is a, a fantastic color um yeah again love the bold colors you know and good good choice on this one you know it had all of the um all the usual uh adas features adaptive cruise control lane, lane departure uh assistance things like that um it's got uh apple carplay and android auto one thing um when i before i got it you know last week when i was talking about the tenali i mentioned the issue i was having with uh the wireless charger uh, oh yeah! Did you there. get anything yeah. back on? That I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard anything back. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've been on, yeah, they've been on vacation for the holidays. So I'll check back with them next week. But the, um, you know, that one had the Tenali had the UConnect Five system in there. So it was a, it was a different system in there. And uh, I was expecting, I, because it's been a while since I drove um, the uh, Stelvio, I was expecting that it would have UConnect Five in there, uh, but it didn't. So, um, you know, when I try when I used the wireless charger in the Stelvio, had no issues at all uh, with it. You know, it just it would start charging; it was fine. No repeated um, uh, notifications coming up on the screen that it was charging. So that part worked worked without any issue. Um, Harman Kardon fourteen uh, speaker audio system in here, all in price fifty eight thousand four hundred and fifty five dollars. Any guesses on the delivery charge? Fourteen ninety five. Oh, $14.95. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One dollar. I forgot how oh. for a second. Oh. I forgot. I forgot how price of right <laughs> works. One dollar. One dollar. N- Nicole what. wins this one. It was fifteen ninety five. It's a Jeez. new miracle. <laughs> how much was it? Fifteen ninety five. It was off by a hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're pretty close. Yeah, you know, and for for a current generation Stellantis vehicle, that's actually a pretty reasonable delivery charge. That's I mean, exactly Stellantis has been like, on the on the leading edge yeah. of of creeping up those delivery charges, you know, to two thousand dollars and above. Yeah, that was my so. thought. I'm like Stellantis, go high, go high. So he's yeah. down a number. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, like like all Alfa Romeos, the uh, the Stelvio is uh, is built in Italy, so it is a true Italian car, even though it's got a lot of engineering from other parts of the world as well uh but uh no it's it's i i really enjoyed this you know so you know if you're looking for you know a mid-sized two-row crossover with you know more more style than what you would typically find 
uh, in this segment, you know, and, and definitely, you know, a sporting character. Um, the, the Stelvio is definitely a good place to look. And, and I think this, I, you know, I think it's just neat. I, it's nice to have a car that, that not everybody has sometimes, something that's a little bit different. And you don't see a lot of Alfa Romeos here anyway. And just, I mean, they're not like this giant high volume. They're not a Ford, you know, mm-hmm. they're not a Chevy. You're just not going to see them on every street corner. So or even nice. a BMW or Mercedes. Right. Even like very high end cars. They just, they just don't have that kind of volume. You know, some people don't like that. I think it's neat. Like I really want an Alfa because it's just one time when I have a car that people, when I have them as loaners, Nobody knows what the heck they are. They're always yeah. like, what is that? Because that little triangle grill on the front, the shield, do they yeah, call it? Yeah, the mo- um, most people are not familiar with that design uh, anymore. Not, it's right? not, like, not like in the old days, you know, when we had the old Golden Alpha times. Spiders. Right? Yeah. So nobody knows what it is. And it's kind of fun for people to look at your car and say, you find enthusiasts that way too. They're like, oh my gosh, you're driving an Alpha. Because they're the only people who know what that is. So I just I have a little warm spot in my heart for the brand. I just think it's kind of fun and kind of neat. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, all right. Let's move on to some of the stuff that happened this week. Uh, you know, it was a relatively slow week, uh, you know, being the holidays, but but there was some holidays. news that came out. Um, so who remembers the brand Daihatsu? Do you remember when they sold Daihatsus in the US for a few I years? I remember the name, but I don't yeah, remember, I remember Daihatsus. Sold here. How bad is that? I, I know remember Daihatsu. I think I maybe someone bought a Daihatsu that I know. They they, <laughs> they, they sold they sold them here from about uh, I think about 87 or 88 until about 1992 or 93. So only about five years or so. Okay. They um, had a really cool looking wagon. Is they that had what's the in thing. this? No, that what's in this. I don't know what's in this old picture. Uh, the the one know. I remember was the charade. I don't yeah, they had remember a, the wagon. They had a wagon version. I saw one. The, That's why. They, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Dihatsu, glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah. Daihatsu these days, uh, I think since like the late 90s even, uh, has been owned by Toyota. Um, you know, they still operate, you know, as a separate brand, but it's owned by Toyota. Um, and they, they actually make, you know, in addition to Daihatsu branded cars, um, they make a lot of the small cars uh, that are sold by Toyota as well as Mazda uh, in Japan. So a lot, of the, a lot of the K cars that are branded as Mazdas or Toyotas in Japan are actually built by Daihatsu. Um, And that poses a little bit of a problem uh, because it turns out, we found out uh, this week, that uh, for, oh, about the past 30 years or so. uh, (laughs) 30 (laughs) years, everyone. Yeah. 30, 3-0. That's a lot of years. Daihatsu has been uh, forging crash test results um, for for their cars. Uh, And that, would inc- it apparently includes the cars that were briefly sold here in, in North America. Am so, I this right as I read down this, Sam, looking at this story that you linked here, that this also affects not just Daihatsu brands, but also mm-hmm. models that were technically Mazda Subi in Toyota. So regular regular brands, U.S. Brands, more, stuff well, we yeah, br- brands that we would recognize here in the U.S. Yeah, that are sold here in go. the U.S. Yeah, because as I said, you know, Daihatsu built a lot of the the K cars that are sold under those brands. So they're, you know, they're the, you know, a lot of the Mazda and Subaru and, and Toyota K cars are rebadged, you know, rebranded uh, Daihatsu, Daihatsu vehicles. Uh, Ooh. So uh, they, Daihatsu has shut down their factories through at least the end of January. Um, and uh, 
that's you know that's about nine thousand people in in Japan. Uh, plus, they've also got plants in Indonesia and Malaysia, um, and uh, yeah. So this is this is not good. Um, you know, aside you know aside from those those couple of cars that were sold here, you know, most of the you know all the rest of these cars have never been available in the North American market. Um, so it doesn't really affect U.S. customers, but but customers overseas, you know, if you if you have one of these cars, you know, they may not be as safe as you thought they were. And it mentions one of the, and I guess it, it sounds like it's going to depend on the vehicle, but there's a quote in here from CNN where it says, the quote is, the inside lining of the front seat door was improperly modified in some checks. So like your side, your, your collision, your side impact collision mm-hmm. test will be wrong. Not a scary one at all that if you get mashed, no. especially t-boned. in a very small car. I mean, what could right. possibly go wrong? Getting T-boned by no. a big car. You're not, I mean, the whatever. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's actually scary to think that that is what, like any of it. But that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a test that like, that's the getting T-boned and surviving test. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I mean, auto nerds have been, have been pulling key cars into the United States for years, like little vans and little trucks. And now it's become a bit more mainstream. So maybe when you're looking at those, maybe double check those Mazda, Subaru, and Toyota, and Daihatsu key yeah. cars you're thinking about importing. Yeah, right. Maybe go with the Hondas and the. <laughs> yeah, I mean check check to see who actually manufactured them. If they were if they were manufactured yeah. by Daihatsu, yeah, you might want to stay away from those. Yeah. Um, the Nissans should be fine. You know the Toyota Nissans. Well, no, uh, not the Toyotas. Well, well, no, Toyotas. Yeah. Technically, no. Yeah, depends. Nissan have, and Honda. Yeah, you have to you have to figure out who who manufactured. Like some of them, like you know the the Mazda, you know AutoZam uh, AZ1, you know that that little coupe. You know that one I think was actually built by Mazda. I don't think Daihatsu built that one, but you know there's there's others. There's a variety of them, and apparently you know the the oldest cases they've found with forged uh, crash test documents go back to 1989. Uh, but apparently the volume has increased since 2014, which is interesting because this is not the first time we've had something like this happen with a Japanese automaker. I don't know if you remember back around in the early 2000s, Mitsubishi had a scandal where they yeah, it was they the were Mitsubishi also... wagon, the the, the Diamante. Oh. That's what the one I was talking about. Not the okay. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. False I'm alarm. half asleep. I'm yeah. half asleep right now. I was up late last night. So what but was Mitsubishi's scandal? I don't remember. The they, the, it's similar to this, you know, they were they were um, forging the the crash test results that they submitted for these vehicles, you know, for for certification of these vehicles, and uh, it didn't. Theirs theirs didn't go on as long, but you know, it really hurt Mitsubishi's reputation for a long time, yeah. um, and you know, they had to recall a whole bunch of vehicles. Uh, so, you know, I guess it's, you know, with, with some, you know, I guess basically what I'm saying is can't trust anybody. You can't trust anyone. Cause you do in your head, you think because these automakers like, Oh, it's, it's Toyota. They're huge. It's, you know, Volkswagen. They're huge. They're not going to be messing around. They're going to follow the rules. You would, you would think that there'd be somebody there that'd be, you know, overseeing this double checking everything. If you think that companies are going to, that's the thing. If you think companies are going to self-regulate, that's a fool's error. Yeah. (laughs) Look at the financial situation. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, you know, any any big company, 
You any know, they, company, they, any they, industry you think is going to self-regulate? No. They're going to try it. Like, get... I'd like to think that they would, I mean, they're all going to try and get away with whatever they can and, and squeak by, but I always, I'd like to think they would at least try and adhere to the rules. <laughs> no. Like, well, they no. can save a few bucks on every car. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember if we talked about it last week or the week before, you know, but Cummins, you know, they just... Oh, right. They, got the, they, were, they were the latest ones to get fined. Right. And and Dieselgate, you know, they paid a $1.6 billion fine. Billion with a B, which yeah, is crazy. Be, because, it, you know, they also, just like Volkswagen, cheated on diesel emissions. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, and you know there, there have been others, Mercedes-Benz, um, BMW, BMW. And, and Stellantis have all paid fines uh, in the last several years. They, they obviously did not get the attention, you know, because uh, at least in North America, um, you know, they didn't have nearly as many diesels as Volkswagen did, but you know, they all got busted, you know, for doing exactly the same thing that Volkswagen did yeah. and cheating on, on diesel emissions. So, yeah. um, yeah, I can't, can't trust anybody. Um, okay. Next, um, Vol- going back to Volvo, dun, dun, dun. Uh, back to Volvo. Yeah. So, um, Volvo, uh, apparently, you know, their next EV, look, the next EV, the next EV, pair of EVs they've got coming to the market are the EX30 that we've talked about, mm-hmm. uh, which is their little one, uh, and the EX90, which is the big one, you know, which mm-hmm. is eventually going to replace the the XC90. Um, but uh, following on behind that is apparently going to be the ES90. Uh, so you might guess, you know, the by the S in there that this is a sedan, uh, and it's. Uh, it's going to eventually replace the S90 sedan, which is their their big sedan, um, and be electric. So this is this is going to uh, presumably be based on the same SPA2 architecture as the EX90 and the Polestar 3. Um, and uh, apparently, these are already in early pre-production uh, in China at the Geely plant uh, near Shanghai um, as as the ES90. Uh, and it should be arriving um, in showrooms uh, by sometime in 2025. Um, and presumably, since it's based on the same platform as the Polestar 3 and the EX90, which are both going to be built at Volvo's factory in South Carolina near Charleston, um, I would guess that the ES90, which and the S, the current S90 is already built there. So the ES90 will probably be built there as well. Um, probably by, by 2025, which means that depending on how it's priced, uh, it could well, uh, it, it could potentially be eligible for tax credits as well. Cool. I like the Volvo sedans are so pretty. Yeah, they are pretty. Do you think people are excited about a sedan? I think I, I I mean, people, you people still buy Accords. People still, buy, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, Hyundai's like, we're not getting out of the sedan market. Other people are leaving it. We don't need it. If, if they leave it, that means it's more for us. I think that was Hyundai's whole deal for staying in sedan. So I think there's there's still a market for it. Um, I, I mean, it's clearly not as big as like, you know, crossover market. But, it you know, if, the people are, if people are going to buy it and you can make money off of it, you might as well make it. Yeah, I, I, I would I would certainly hope that they um, that they offer the ES90 here. You know, as an alternative to something like the the BMW i7 uh, or the Mercedes EQS, uh, I feel yeah. like it would. I honestly feel like it would do well. I mean, Volvo is a solid brand; people like it. It's a nice. I see a lot of nice i4s. Vehicles. I feel like it could do well if they brought it over here. 
Yeah, I yeah. see a lot of I-4s around here. Do you? A lot of I-4s, yeah. People yeah, really I would, love that I-4. I, I would imagine, you know, that there will be an S60, an ES60 as well. Um, I, I suspect that the ES60, though, will probably be built on the same platform as the Polestar 4. Which is uh, a different plot, different architecture from because the current S60 and XC60 um, and um, and V60 are all built on the same SPA2 or SPA original SPA architecture as the the 90 series, but um, I'm I'm guessing that the 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 electric ones will probably be built on the SEA architecture from the Polestar 4, but we'll see. Let's see. Be nice if they could bring wagons back, but they tried that. No one bought them. No, yeah, yeah they tried. My they cousin, my cousin bought one. My cousin, my cousin got one. He had a V60, and he, I'm, I'm very one. proud of him. That was the one they sold. I, <laughs> my cousin bought one, and then my other cousin who works at the Mercedes dealer, uh, he has a, a Honda Odyssey. So I have two. They they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. They, they know what they're doing down. when it comes to cars. Yeah, like I'm buying. I have kids. I bought a. I bought a station wagon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, while our kids were growing up, we had station wagons, you know, had a couple of different VW station wagons and they were, you know, they were perfect. You know, they, it was great for, you know, for hauling kids and stuff around. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and then Dieselgate happened and we sold back the, the last VW wagon that we had and haven't owned one since. Womp, womp. Uh, well. womp, womp. So. Speaking of speaking of rental cars, um, did yes. did you get carded when you uh, you know check your check your age? Uh, you know, prove they, how old you are. They one? just wanted to prove they wanted to see my ID, but you know what? I'm at a point where they're not going to check my age. They just said passport, please, and I gave. You it go, to when them you go to the store, the they don't ask you, and you're buying the beer. No one's asking you for your ID. <laughs> they don't, but you know who they do ask for ID? I believe some guy named Max. Uh, yeah. Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Uh, some, that dude. Some Dutch kid. You know. Yeah. Um, some Dutch kid. I don't know. Some Dutch kid wanted to read this. We said no. Yeah. Turn, turns out, you know, he's only 20, he just turned 26 in September. Um, and uh, he tried to rent um, a Mercedes AMG GT from, um, from a sixth outlet in Europe. Uh, sixth SIXT is, I think they, they're either the biggest or the second biggest car rental company in, uh, in Europe. Um and uh, you know, very very common over there. Did you rent from Sixth or from Hertz or? Um, we have rented from Sixth in the past, but I think this is actually a Hertz rental. I believe that we got. Oh, okay. Well, Max Max went to uh, to a Sixth outlet and tried to rent an AMG GT, and um, they they wouldn't let them re- wouldn't let him rent the AMG. This hilarious. Apparently, the the age threshold to rent the AMG is thirty. Um, oh Max! You know, and- I just can you imagine if your guy at the counter you're like you can't rent, and either you know who you're talking to, and you're like, um, he was I'm in really Portugal. Sorry. It's not like he was here in the United States where people right. are like I don't know who you are. Right. He was or in Europe. Someone who didn't know is still like like I know tons mm. of people you know, about F one who would for, have for no those, idea. For those who are not Formula One fans and haven't watched Drive to Survive, uh, Max Verstappen drives for the Red Bull Formula One team, and he. <laughs> This year, quick primer. <laughs> uh, he, he, this year, he won his his third consecutive uh, World Drivers Championship in, mm-hmm. in F one, and he won uh, what was it uh, nineteen out of twenty two races. He won yes. more more races this year than than anybody in in a single season ever. Uh, and uh, so he's probably qualified to drive this rental. You think maybe he could handle I th- it? I think he could probably handle the performance level of an AMG GT. Okay, okay, you know. 
you know, it's not, it's not quite as quick as his usual daily driver, you know, oh my but God. you know, it's, I, I, I think he could probably handle, he could probably manage but, it. You know, okay. rules are rules, you know, oh God. sorry. I mean, you know, you're, our rule says 30. you have to be 30 to rent this car. And if you're not, well, tough. And yeah. you know, the poor person, it's also, the person we can the give you this BMW five knew. series though. Was it's probably not like, like uh, can you imagine if you know though, and you have to be like, I'm, I'm really sorry, Mr. Verstappen, but I can't rent this because you're too young and <laughs> theoretically inexperienced. I like, I know, I know who you are. I'm really, really sorry, but I need to keep my job. I can't give you this sorry. car. Tell Mr. You what, how about if I just buy the car from you? <laughs> right? <laughs> can I buy this today? <laughs> oh, he could have so. just bought it. Could've. And then sold it for like this was Max Verstappen's. Ray could have made money on the whole GT. Deal. <laughs> he could have made it. Oh, yeah, he probably could have turned around, you know, put it on, uh, you know, on cars and bids or bring a trailer or something. So, this yeah. was what this I, could, I couldn't this, rent, so I bought this. <laughs> so and, and this AMG was was owned and driven by Max Verstappen around Portugal for for three oh, days. Yeah, he could have probably double the price. It. You know how funny that would have been. He put about. I bet if he bought that car and then sold that car and donated the money to charity, charity make out like a bandit. Right? Oh hell yeah! Oh, right? Yeah, Wouldn't absolutely. that have just as he did as a lark? Like anybody want the car that I had to buy because I couldn't rent it? <laughs> <laughs> he got a nice uh, five series. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, you could you could do a lot worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, but he should have he should have rented an XC60. That's what he should have got. He should have. He, he a was diesel doing XC60. It the wrong way. A diesel XC60 was clearly, clearly what he should have rented. I mean, duh, Max. Yeah. Do they have? Just, <laughs> I, actually, I'm surprised he didn't just have his girlfriend uh, do the do the rental because you know um, his girlfriend uh, Kelly PK, daughter of three time, three or four time, three time world champion uh, Nelson PK. Uh, she's she's over thirty, so she could have rented it. Oh, but then name. he wouldn't be allowed to drive it because you have to put a. That's true. You have yeah. to put. You have to pay extra lot yeah. of a secondary driver. But they okay, still he still wouldn't have. have lied. Yeah, she would have been. Lied. Okay. Yeah. Right? All right. Yeah, well. Didn't think oh, about they, that. I was trying. They to got. You know what? They have more room for for luggage in the five series. It's it's a better car for what for a nice little vacation. Yeah. To be awesome. To be awesome. You know, honest. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> been fast. Uh, has sold a few hundred cars here in the U.S. this year since they since they launched, uh, and up oh, until fast. now they've done it all fast. through their own company owned stores. You know, so kind of following the model of Tesla and Rivian and Lucid. Um, and uh, I guess you have you have a Vinfast store near you, right, Robbie? I could throw a rock and hit the Vinfast store. No, uh, <laughs> it's about like a mile from I my house. <laughs> I didn't know it was there. I was just driving past. You know, every once in a while, I'll just drive past the dealerships there near my house just to see, like, you know, how they're doing. Just to, just to see what their inventory looks like. Like the one up the street from my house at the time had a bunch of Ionic fives. I'm like, well, that explains why there's Ionic an Ionic five every five feet <laughs> over where I live. And then I'm like, what is this? Wait, is that a VinFast dealership? <laughs> There's a VinFast dealership near my house. You should you should pop in there and uh, take one for a test drive and let us know. No, I'm good. I've I've test drove one. I think I'm good. Okay, until they fix them. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if they fixed them yet or not. Uh, I'm I'm guessing probably not. But uh, VinFast is is expanding their reach, uh, trying to expand their reach a little bit, uh, and they've launched their first partnership with a franchised car dealer here in the U.S. Uh, with Leith Automotive Group in North Carolina. <clears throat> and so they're going to, yeah, so they're, they're kind of going both ways, doing doing some franchise dealers and some company-owned stores, you know, where, where they're allowed. Um, and 
um you know they're also they're that's you know leith is based in you know north carolina where vinfast is also uh building uh a four billion dollar assembly plant mm-hmm. um and um that's supposed to start production in 2026 we'll see uh but uh you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see if you know how many other dealers sign up to uh, to sell Vinfasts over the next year or so. Um, I guess and I guess Vinfast is going to be at CES in a couple of weeks, and they're supposed to show off I think a pickup truck and a new small uh, SUV, um, a VF3 I think it is. Uh, they're hmm. supposed to reveal that, so we'll see how that works out for them. I, 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 want, I don't want anyone to fail, but I, I, I would love to drive whatever is next. Like, okay, I, the VF8. I'm going to keep saying that they, they, they gave us the cars, and then they immediately told us that, yeah, today, better versions of the cars are, are, are landing in San Francisco. And we were down in San Diego, and I'm like, why are you having us drive these? Yeah. This makes zero sense that you're having us drive the bad version it's of this car. Strange, strange. To, and I, then I, I think they were surprised that like all all the reviews were like every car was a little bit different. <laughs> every car had a had a one problem that was different from all the other cars. That was the weird thing, and I was I literally got into a fight with journalists. Like my there was one person who was like mine was perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, have you talked to anybody else? Because we all had a different problem. No, you're all wrong. I'm like, listen to me. You got the one. <laughs> you got the one that worked. I mean, good for you. you built enough of them. Eventually, you're going to get one just of not working. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you can't like I, I can't write a review based on your experience in your right. car mine was. when everyone else. And then you know, and then you're like, is your car doing this? Or like, no, but my car is doing this. You're like. <laughs> Okay. Thing. Like, because typically you're like, oh, my car's doing this thing, and you'll ask another journalist, and they're right. like, oh yeah, it's doing it, or no one else is having that problem. And then you go to the the PR person or the engineer, you go, are these pre-production cars? And they're like, oh yeah, right. they're pre-production. So there's a little bit of thing, you know, like the first time we drove the A class, those little uh, Mercedes. It turns out like those were the first vehicles ever built at a factory in Mexico. So like one of the 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 uh, the little latches to roll the windows up and down was installed backwards or upside down. <laughs> so it was like wrong. Sorry, that's really funny. And then, but Mercedes was very forthcoming. They're like, hey, these were the first ones built at this factory. Okay, There's going to be some weird little things. They're like, oh, okay. All right. So now, you know, it, it, but when you drive the car, the, overall the car is fine, but there's just like little weird little things that you, little quirky you find. Bits. But when you're like, oh, no, these are great. But by the way, we made better ones and they're over there. They're <laughs> just 350 miles north of all... here. That we all had a literally a different problem. Like you said, that was the weirdest thing. I've never in all of my driving experience where you're, you know, I've had people either have the same problem or not have the same problem I've had on a test. But to be like, no, I had this problem. Oh, that's weird. You had that. How about you? Oh, no, I didn't have either of those. I had a third problem. It was like, we did. We don't. It was like the variety of problems was just weird. It was weird to the point that it was laughable. And you're like. You felt a little punked, like, what are you guys doing to us? You know, <laughs> then you get in the cars that like people who had driven the day before, and I don't think that they realize that we all talk to each other. I, and so, the person who was in the car the day before had a certain problem. When I was in that car, it didn't have that problem anymore. So, then you're like, okay, so are they fixing these cars at night? Right. Like, what's and then there's another the, <laughs> reflashing the them every in night, between t- yeah, yeah, it was look for. My, because there's a number on all the cars. I know people know this. Like when they assign us the cars, there's only like a sticker or something on there numbered whatever, one to 15. And like, and when, when you drive out, you know, they check you, you out on the right. list. Yeah. Know who's driving which car. Which one of the cars you drove. So if like, 
I had problems with the car and Sam was driving the next day, he could say, what car did you drive? I drove car five. Can I have car five? So he can literally drive the exact same car, even though we aren't the same there at the same time to see. So in theoretically it should drive the same. So when like car five does one thing today and another thing tomorrow, you're like, um, what's happening? And I had somebody who drove the exact same car I did had a different group of problems. Yeah, it was, it was weird. I don't hate it was a very fast. weird. I'm just perplexed by what's yeah, happening we don't, in fast. I don't hate. I really don't hate them. I want so them we haven't win. driven. We haven't driven the new cars that they told us about. <laughs> I know. I want to drive a new one. I want to drive the. the they're new... at the thing, and they're like, "By the way, there's new better cars that are being shipped in right now. They just I made it into the." And you're like, the new well, "Why better. are we driving these ones? <laughs> why didn't you wait a week?" Car. Yeah, he should have rescheduled the program for you know later it time. It was such a weird, weird I want to drive the new event. better. What do we have to do to drive the new better, Robbie? Well, you can just go, go up down to the street. Drive. Just go to my go house. Everyone come over. We're going over We're the go fast place. We're going to record live at Robbie, live from Robbie's house. And then yeah. we can all go drive the new VinFast. Well, yeah, I well, think that at the end of the day, I was like, this is, it's 30% there. Or not 30, I'm sorry, it's 80% there. It just, they're just like a bunch of little itty goofy things that you need, you guys need to fix them. Yeah. Come on, VinFast. Come <sighs> on. Little engine that could, or not engine, little, little electric vehicle that could. <laughs> All right. So um, apparently in California, if uh, if an automated vehicle um, goes, you know, runs a stop sign or a red light or, um, you know, goes speeding or, you know, breaks any other law, apparently police in California are not allowed to issue tickets to them. Uh, apparently there's, there's there's a little detail in, in California traffic laws that, you know, the ticket has to be issued to a driver, to a human driver. Not, I don't think it explicitly says a human driver, but has to be issued to a driver of the vehicle. And if there's no driver in the vehicle, <gasps> they can't issue a ticket. Yeehaw, <laughs> California. No. <laughs> So, really? um, so how do they know that they ran it? Because how would you you'd have to prove that you weren't actually driving at that moment? Well, you know, if, if it's right? something, if it's something, you know, like a, like a, a Waymo robo taxi, you know, this is what it's referring to. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, those, te- those are the only ones that are supposed to be able to operate, you know, with, you know, with a permit, if they have a permit from the state, those are the only ones that are supposed to be able to operate without somebody sitting in the driver's seat, anything else. There is supposed to be someone sitting in the driver's seat, and whether they are fully in, engaged and in control of the situation doesn't matter. They still get the ticket. So if you're driving, if you're in your Tesla and using FSD beta and it runs a stop sign, you get the ticket. It's you. Um, but if you know if it's a actual driverless car, um, then they're you know cops can't do anything, unfortunately. Which is now now that NBC has reported on this. I have a feeling that uh, before too long, the California or hopefully the California legislature will uh, amend that regulation and uh, and make it so that they can issue tickets, you know, if, if AVs break the law. Well, they've been getting a lot of pressure after like they were sort of rolled over for Cruz and Waymo for a lot of these like, you know, regulatory things. And then Cruz went, d- did what Cruz did. So I think they're they're, they're like, I think California's like, oh, we better. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we better fix these things now. But yeah, you should have fixed them before. Yeah, this would have been good to do earlier than now. Yep. Yeah. Um, Dodge Challenger, um, the uh, the last V8 powered Challenger Whoa. rolled off the line on Friday, uh, two days ago as we're recording this. Sadness. And that is the end of the line for the uh, for the Hemi V8. Dun, dun, V8s. Dun. 
Don't. Yep. Um, so no more <laughs> Hellcats. It was a, a Demon 170. A black demon in? 170. I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I know you have a, a dodge, but oh no, my dodge have a, is like a it's like a weedy little charger. No, I do not have a Hellcat or anything. Oh, uh, it's just every time I got in one, I'm just like it's just a brick that goes fast in a straight line. That's, I that's, like my brick that goes fast in no, a straight line. I, it's it's boring. <laughs> you know what it was you know what was great? I'll tell you why I loved that brick that goes in a straight line, Robbie. Because the brick that goes in a straight line is a sedan that had Lots of power was still fun in a straight line. Was aggressive when you got on the highway, and you could still fit your whole family in that sucker. Like I could fit the kids in the there kids. and the car seats and all their stuff. It had so much room. It was a great sedan if you wanted room for your family. And bring you back the drive. Magnum. That's what you. That's what they yes. should have. But and you didn't want to drive a Magnum. stupid like just boring sedan. It was fun. It lets you have magnum. both. I love that car. I, when I want an electric magnum. Electric magnum. Bring back the magnum, people. Bring yeah. Back you cowards. Bring back the magnum. So if you, uh, if you, if you, I mean, I think they sold out of the, uh, all the, the V8 and Hellcat chargers a while ago. Chargers and Challengers. Of, uh, you know, I think so. Uh, several months ago, but. Yeah, they're um, all sold. Yeah. There, there's no more going to be built. Um, they're now Ever. retooling that plant to build electric vehicles, and eh, who knows? Maybe there might be some hurricane six cylinders in there too. But but at least electric vehicles going forward. And electric again, magnums electric vehicles have the power and the they're the instant you know when you hit the gas. But the visceral thing of having a V eight is sad that it's yeah the the sound and the vibration. You can't, and, you can't put that in an electric. You can't. You can't. You always want someone in there with you. Well, hard I mean, to actually do the d- well, well Dodge, Dodge is going to have the Fratsonic exhaust not system. Oh my god, not the same. <laughs> I want actual V8 working under the hood, making the car rattle slightly, and all of that. I want all of that, <laughs> but you could still buy one. But you can buy a used one for long. Buy a used one. Oh, they'll, they'll be around for a while. They'll they're be long for a long. You know why? They this is the this they, is their cash cow. This was yeah. how they. They they built them long enough. There's plenty of them around. I know. Yeah, but it's you know, they're, they're, they're not building them anymore. I get that they're still out there. It's just sad that they're not building them. Yeah. Sad, stupid right. boys. It's sad. <laughs> I like that. I was like, no. <laughs> I grew. My, you know, my 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 mom had a a charger. That that was like the car when I was a little kid. Did that we she? had. Oh, the oh. old the old school charger, the early seventies yeah, charger. Had, yeah, we had a, an old school charger. That's um, an cool. early seventies charger. And so that's Your what I grew up with. Early, was she a, was she a car person or she? Just yeah, my both my parents. Does. My mom is a part car person. My dad knows how to work on cars, but isn't really a car. He he works on like jets and planes and stuff. But okay. he like my mom knew how to work on cars. My mom is the one who that's taught me awesome. how to. My drive. My dad drives like a like like a, yeah. My dad's not a good driver. My mom though is <laughs> was was a good driver. She's not allowed to drive anymore. She has uh, oh. epilepsy. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I drive fast cause my mom and I know how to work on cars. Go because Robbie's of both of them. mom. Woohoo. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's very weird when people are like, it's such a man's thing. And I'm like, and, but in my household, every like, my mom's out there helping my dad pull the transmission out of their, that's you know, their really GMC cool. truck. Super cool. Which I was, so I was just like, oh, that's how it is. And then I went out in the real world and it turns You're out. You're like, oh, so wait, much. my parents Whoops. are the anomaly. <laughs> my parents are an anomaly. I remember my mom taking classes to learn how to work on cars too, even though her dad owned a uh, radiator shop. So she knew how to work on 
radiators and stuff as a kid. Your mom was super cool. Yeah. 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 So that was the, but then like, you know, then you drive that car and then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it goes fast in a straight line. I like corners. Yeah. I just like goes fast. Even a straight Go fast. <laughs> I just liked, I just like the, I like those cars. I know they go straight line only, but I love them. <laughs> and they sound like that. <laughs> you can still get one. I'm I telling you, just go out yeah. and get one. I know, but if you wait away. like three, wait three years and go out, yeah, but you could still have one. There's no, no one. I don't stopping. want them to go away. I want them to still be there. Oh, I still want there to. The, new pretty I ones. still want a 1990 Honda Civic hatchback to be sold, but <laughs> a manual <laughs> transmission. They're still yeah. out there. You can still find one, Robbie. Okay, there you I go. I still. I, I want an Element. I want a CRX. I want. Elements. <laughs> we had one. We never should have sold that car. Everyone who element? sold it. Everyone who sold an Element is like, man, why did we do that? We had a Honda element and we got it at the time like they they just they build it as sort of like the like the the outdoorsy the lifestyle person people. lifestyle car they had, a, they had an ad where like a bicycle jumped through the middle right? of the <laughs> they they sold it for that but we had the girls were really little when we bought that one was in like a little baby carrier thing most brilliant car ever it beat minivans when it came to having kids because it had the way the tailgate opened up, the split tailgate thing, you could sit on the edge of that and almost like have sort of like a roof thing over your head mm-hmm. if you were like feeding a kid, like a baby, hose like it out. Stuff. And you could hose it out. As a mom of a child who threw up constantly, you could hose oh. out that car. Oh, that's very important. It was the best thing ever. You just like, oh, oh we're getting home. We're good. We're good, honey. It's all cleaned and out. It was. And- it was also a great car for dogs before Subaru got into dogs. Yeah, it it's, the, it's the official uh, dog walker car in the Bay Area. Like all the dog walkers have Honda. <laughs> but it was shaped like a toaster, and it got about one mile per gallon. So we yeah. got rid of it when gas prices. I was like, we're spending a mortgage worth of gas payment worth oh, of yeah. gas uh, every month. Get you know, getting rust to work. I'm like, can't do this anymore. So. I wrote an article about old cars that should be resurrected as EVs, and a bunch of people were like, set, we're about to, we're we're, we're this. Um, we're selling. They're like, I was about to get mad at you, and then I saw that you put the element in there, so we're cool. Oh wait, there it is. If you don't say, if you don't say Honda Element, they They'll didn't care about bring any- that back. They'll never bring it back in any incarnation, will they? they I don't it. think so. it's so many they people could. really love that car, but it's. I think it's you know everyone wanted the Brat back, and then Subaru brought the Baja, and then no one bought it. And then it went away. And then after it went away, the same thing that happened with the elements. Suddenly, the desire for it went up. Like element prices are have gone through the roof. Super, are they really pricey? Yes. They- yeah, they're very pretty. Because you could get one for like three, four thousand dollars, and now they're if you're lucky, you can get one for six. Oh, and the so- Baja, okay. like the prices went up on the Baja after they, you know, Subaru was like, oh, I guess no one wants this. And then like a couple years later, it was like, oh wait. No, we do, we do. We're just four door like little truck with like a, a a little bed. Yeah, yeah, I'll take one of those. <laughs> Womp womp. Womp womp. Oh, America. Uh, speaking of which, <sighs> yes. Uh, the uh, the VW ID GTI is coming to market. Um, they first showed this concept earlier this year. I saw it in Munich in September. IAA. Um, this is a great sized little car. Um, yeah, and this is actually this is smaller than the ID three. Um, more. More like more smaller than a golf, you know, current golf. It's it's closer in size to like the polo, but the current generation polo is probably a couple of size classes up from what the original first generation golf GTIs and rapid GTIs were. Uh and it's I think this is actually a really good size. Um it is it is coming to it is going into production um in 2026, goes on sale early 2027, at least in Europe. Um 
Priced somewhere around 30,000 euros. Um, no, uh, right now, VW isn't saying anything about U.S. availability. We're not going to get this. This is just we probably crazy. won't because I was looking at I was looking at VW's sales numbers uh, before the uh, before we started, and it's you know I think through September they had sold about uh, five thousand GTIs in the U.S. this year, which is pretty sad. Yeah, it, it you know the GTI is a fantastic little car now. Granted, the current generation GTI, you know, has you know some issues with the infotainment system. You know, but too many touch so controls. To drive, but though. yeah, you know, when you're not using that stuff, when you're when you're just driving it, it is a hoot to drive. Like you, it's so much fun to drive. I can forgive those faults, like infotainment, pfft, whatever. Just let me drive it. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, and unfortunately, you know, like I said, we we probably won't get it here. Although, Why do you have to make me so sad by putting this in the show notes, Sam? Couldn't you give me something because, happy because we're, to we're, end the year on? We're, 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 we're trying to shame VW into bringing it to America. <laughs> we get it, well, first of all, we need to shame Americans into buying the, the Golf. Because I, yeah. people come up to me like, there's no smaller cars. I can't get hatchbacks. Can't get a million transmission. Well, you know, the Golf is still there. You can still <laughs> buy the Golf. Oh, I'm like, oh. What do you want from me? Yeah. What do you want from uh, from the you world? When there's a good, menu. when there's a good, there's a good hatchback with a manual transmission out there in the world that you can buy, and you won't buy it, but you'll complain about how there are no good hatchback <laughs> manual transmission vehicles. Are there? And the number of manual transmission is still going down, right? Do we have we oh, lost yeah. more? Oh yeah, we lose more every year, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're only like going to get manual. The, the, the and, Accord, the new Accord this year. They got no rid manual. Of it. I knew they Last got rid year of it was a manual. No, no, no more manuals. Yeah, that makes sense. It's only going to be enthusiast vehicles. It's only going to be golfs and BRZs and or or right. you know eventually we get some EVs with with fake manuals. Yeah, you get the fake Toyotas. Yeah. Uh, so <sighs> you know if no you V8s, no GTI ID. If, if, you, if you want no if you want manual. the ID GTI, you know, go down to your local Volkswagen dealer. You know. Tell them you want it. Give them a deposit. You know, I mean, you know, prove prove to them that you really want to buy this thing. They're gonna hold your money for the next. It's crazy. Months. I'm looking or at, at least, these. You know, go go and buy current. Go and buy a current GTI. You know, if everybody yeah. that that you know says they want one of these things would actually go out and buy one, then they you know, might be like, hey, then they would say, this. hey, there's clearly a market for you know for a small fun hatchback. It's crazy how the the the, the sales of the G, of the Golf fell off the cliff. Like in 2017, 68,000 and then 2018, 42,000. 2019, 37,000. 2020, 22,000 and then 2021, 6,500. So it's actually gone up over the past 2 years. It was 6,500 to 78 and, and well, now because it's like they, they they stopped built they stopped selling the regular Golfs. So now they they oh, only sell right. the GTI and the Golf R here. Yeah, so, so you can't get the TSI. Super enthusiast right. and it's pricier. They said that yeah. the take rate wasn't high enough on the the regular one, and then of course. So they sold womp, the low. Womp. They kept selling the low volume one. Which yeah. We're only gonna sell these ones. Sad. Yeah. It's all sad news, Sam. Sad news. End oh. of the all year. Right. All right. Well, let's let's finish it up with uh, with an email from Adam Jackowenko, uh, <laughs> friend of the show, uh, Patreon supporter. Uh, we love you, Alan, uh, Adam. Um, 
And uh, last week we talked about the snow socks um, that socks. You know, I, I ordered. I saw the video that uh, Tommy Micah did on TFL. I ordered a set of those and had from Amazon and had them sent to my daughter in Colorado. Um, and uh, Adam uh, wrote in to say um, that that he's got some. He's got some as well. He's got a different brand from the the ones uh, that that I ordered, but same same basic idea. Uh, just wanted to share that I've been using a brand called Auto Socks for five years now, and for the last three years on my Mustang Mach E, and I highly recommend them. I have no affiliation with them. <laughs> I live in San Diego, and my Mach E has all-wheel drive, but stupidly skinny all-season 225 tires, which are fine for daily SoCal driving. But in the winter, when we go up into the mountains of Big Bear, a couple of hours away, roads can get really bad. In the mountains here, you can start to see signs that say that chains are required. Uh, but they aren't, but they're such a hassle. I refuse to use them. Auto socks are so easy to put on and take off and store perfectly underneath the trunk storage or, or in the front of my Mach E. The only issue I've ever had is convincing the local piece that the local police doing chain checks that the socks are legit and actually work as good, if not better. Um, and so what you should do for that is, you know, is just bookmark the TFL video and if the cop stops you. Just make him watch the watch watch Tommy's video. Hold on, I know a guy. Click. You know, on your, I know on a your guy. Phone. Um, and uh, anyway, says uh, if I once had to show a cop a YouTube video. Oh, there we go. And explain how they work to convince him to let me pass. So they haven't yet quite caught up to the mainstream, but I can literally plow through almost anything with the snock with the socks on. They're amazing. I think everyone who drives in bad weather should keep a set in their trunk. Uh, below is a link to the ones I have, and I'll include that in the show notes. Uh, love the show and happy new year. And thank you, Adam, for, uh, for supporting us. And thank yeah, you to thanks, all Adam. of our patrons uh, for supporting the show. We really appreciate you. Yay. Thanks for giving us money to do this. Yes. Yeah. We appreciate all of you. There's a happy note. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody. Yay. We're going to use that money to buy Volkswagen GTIs and, 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 and Hellcats. It's the auto socks. (laughs) I think we're going to need a few more patrons before we can buy (laughs) Hellcat. We're not quite there yet. (laughs) No, not quite. Like one, we'll share it. I don't know how I'm going to get to it. I guess I have to fly out there for my three days a month or something. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll 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 do like the like the magazines do, you know, where they have an office in California and office in Detroit. You know, we'll. You know, every every month or two, you know, we'll take we'll do a cross country drive and we'll swap right. cars. And- we'll swap cars. So we each get a little time in each one. Yeah. So I like that. By the way, that Adam and I was wondering this when we talked about auto socks, like if the police would recognize them. And I know they t- count, but that he actually did encounter that. Like, wait a minute, what now? Like, as people sort of learn what it is, so he still got, you know, checked for it. But they're like, okay, fine. I, I feel like I'm bad at convincing police of anything, even when I'm like honestly not doing anything wrong. <laughs> like, no, I didn't know that. Or I, the headlights out. It was not out when I started the car five minutes ago. Like, <laughs> uh, so I feel like I would have a fight with the auto socks, but I'm, I might try those. I might get some yeah, for my daughter say, but, because she but, has snow tires. Yeah. Well, yeah. She lives in Milwaukee, right? She's in Milwaukee and she yeah. just has all seasons on her car. Yeah, so yeah, definitely send her, you know, send her a set of uh, auto socks or snow that. socks. I bet she put them on. I yeah. bet she'd do it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, you know, when I when I sent my daughter a note saying, "Hey, you know, you're going to be getting these from Amazon in a couple of days." And she said, oh, "I don't need those." And I I had her watch the video and she said, oh, "Okay. That makes <sighs> sense, you know." So, you know, when she goes up into the mountains, you know, she'll she'll have those in her in her CX30 with all season tires and she can throw those on there um, and hopefully be a little safer. I'm going to try and convince her. I'm going to see if I convince her to give it a try. Cause the, 
The Milwaukee thing is that they don't plow the roads really well in the city. Like it gets this, it takes forever. So all of a sudden you're driving through that muck and the little snow banks in downtown for like days until they finally get that all cleaned up. So, and you know, like around here, you know, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we'll get snow, you know, when the temperature is, you know, right around freezing, you know, so it'll be, you know, icy and, and mushy and yeah, it gets, gets pretty, can get pretty nasty around here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, if you're, if you have a set of those, you know, I'm sure there's times when, especially if you live, you know, outside of town, you know, live in the, you know, in a more rural area, um, where it might take a, a day or two or three before plows come through or before they salt and sand the roads. Um, you know, I think having, having those would definitely be helpful. All right. Well, that's it for this year. We'll um, see you next year. I we'll see you. That. We'll see you all next year. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you next year. year. We're not going to see any of these year. people. I'll talk to you next year. We'll so talk at you. That. We'll talk at you <laughs> next year. year. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Happy New Year. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.